Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Nathan East hanging with the teddy bear on LOTL Radio, The Zone. Everything's good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. And first and foremost, congratulations on a wonderful, I mean, a wonderful new album. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, Glad you're enjoying pleasure. it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially a, <laughs> especially another chance with uh, Patrice Rush. And my goodness, it's you Actually, two that's together. me on piano. Get it really? Another chance is me on piano. Patrice plays all the other tracks except for that one. <laughs> okay. She's on piano on everything but that first two. <laughs> it is something <laughs> magical with you and Patrice working together. I don't know what it is, but it's like I used the analogy like your wasabi to your sushi. I mean, it's, inc- it's incredible the way you guys just really work together in, in such a loving and passionate way. What has been your experience working with Patrice on various projects? Well, you know, we just, uh, about two weeks ago, we played here in Southern California. It was called Jazz Goes to the Grammys. It was a fundraiser for Ruth Price and the Jazz Bakery. They're building a wonderful new structure designed by Frank Gehry. So Patrice and I were there. We were invited to be uh, two of the artists. You know, it was a fundraiser. So Patrice and I were just piano and, and uh, vocal. And I got to say, you know, I afterwards, 
I was thinking about it the next day, and I was like, it was just like playing with her is how can I say it? I just thought it was a glory. It's a glorious feeling. Uh, her music, the sound of her music, the sound of the way the piano is when she's playing it. I don't know what you know. She's a she's a full fully realized uh, virtuoso on the instrument. And, you know, we're actually born about a month and a half, like a month apart. So we are really kind of kindred spirits in many ways. And a lot of things go unspoken with us prior to uh, when we play together. She walks in, she sits down, and and magic is like a really special energy that comes forth in her music that is infectious and, and lifts the entire experience uh, a playing when she's when she's present in the music, and that's my best description. Uh, it's an honor, you know. I, I've loved her music just like everybody else. You know, I was grooving <laughs> back in the eighties too, just with everybody else. Remind me and everything else. You know, that that right. was like a part of the soundtrack of my early years as a musician and as a woman. You know, so to to have have to um, find that I lived long enough and she lived long enough for us to come together and make this music. And and then the audience benefits from the experience too. Soul to Soul was our first. Actually, I met Patrice um, as a result of Terry Lynn Carrington's Mosaic Project uh, that won the Grammy a few years back. I think it was 2013 that she won the Grammy for that project. And, that, and, and of course, we toured that project for a couple of years uh, and several of those occasions, I was on the bandstand with Patrice. And uh, so I have to thank Terry Lynn for really bringing us together. And then when I got um, closer to, to having to actualize, you know, going in the studio and making these last two projects, I could only hear her as being, the, it was almost like I was a casting agent. I was trying to cast this movie, you know, and I knew who I wanted, you know, for the movie, you know, you know to play the lead role. And on on piano, she was a lead role on piano, and uh, the best part about it was she made herself available to do these projects, and Code Noir uh, particularly, I think, expresses her her genius at the piano. Uh, she only played piano on this record, so um, the other, all the other keyboards, all that other stuff you're hearing is me this time okay. around. On Soul to Soul, she did a lot of the keyboard work and the piano work. But here the focus was, was more specific and more designed um, around her, you know, being on that grand piano for this project. You know, I want to touch on something that you just mentioned. You said as far as the audience benefiting. And I think a lot of people from the outside looking in really truly don't grasp how important it is for an artist to work with someone that, as you say, are kindred spirits, kindred, kindred spirits, so to speak, who understand one another, and they can speak without speaking to one another and also bring the best out of one another. How important has that been for you as far as your longevity in the industry to make sure that you're working with someone that truly understands you and also at the same time being able to bring something special or unique out of you during a project? Well, you, you know, when you develop your, your craft over a lifetime, there are certain other things that you realize along the way and that become part of your landscape and part of a, a way that you become identified. 
I kind of equate it with if you're thinking of think of like the idea of the most like some of your favorite basketball teams, you know, <laughs> and, and how it's like if you got you know uh, I'm gonna sound I'm gonna sound really generational now, but it's when you pair the best with the best with the best okay. with the best with the best. You know, and that's how you get, you know, the championship because everybody understands their role in how to achieve the same goal. And we are very similarly as, as performance artists and performing artists and musicians, we are attracted to that which um, is self-identified, that, that you can hear in another artist and recognize the quality with which they bring to the work. So in order for you to sound your best, because sometimes you have to rely on the best to support you. So we begin to seek out those artists who um, you relate to in their expression, their, their facility on the instrument, their vocabulary, their experience, and, and knowing that their individual sound will make a contribution to, to what that which you're trying to accomplish. And that's kind of the way we uh, develop and become distinguished and recognized by the listener for those unique qualities. It's the same difference in those of you who are specific lovers of a certain genre of music. If you are definitely hands down, you know, you've got to hear a certain um, feeling in the music that you love. That's why we've gravitated to people like Aretha Franklin for her entire career. That's why we gravitate to artists and identify with them because there's something in what they're doing and saying that is a part of you and you're a part of it. And we are constantly working and achieving that from performance to performance. And the difference sometimes is I can put all these great people on the stage and we'll play for you. But when you show up, you know, when everybody walks in the room knowing what um, they're coming to hear, then it raises the level of, even of our level of what we're doing because we already know each other. We know we're going to play for each other. Right. You know, but it's when the audience walks into the room, sits down, and gives us that sincere um, kind of an honest attention to the music, then that's when everybody walks out of there going, yeah, this was the – you know, you can't get this one back. It had to be there. Right. <laughs> and that's the feeling that we're all um, we're all pretty much, um, at some point, we expect it. And you can even say some of us get spoiled, you know, right. because we, we come to expect a certain thing. When you mentioned a Miles Davis, you know, you know walking into the room that whoever's playing piano for him has got to be fierce. Who's ever on drums has got to be fierce. So you know the whole level of what's, what's about to happen is going to be very, very high. And that's how I was trained. That's how I was exposed. So I've tried to accomplish and, 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 and do very much the same thing. Absolutely. Well, it definitely resonates throughout your music and your career. Um, we have a tendency as a society to put labels on everything. Jazz, R&B, soul, pop, rock, singer, vocalist. When I mention visual artists, what does visual artist mean to Carmen Lundy? 
well is that which becomes an expression of your uh, creativity uh, through that which is seen, uh, that which is observed, you know, whether it's uh, in the form of sculpture or painting or um, any kind of expression that we associate with that which is seen and observed uh, to to connect to the human spirit. Um, you know, I don't know if I've, I've ever thought of myself truly as a visual artist. I think I appreciate the visual art. I think I'm a fan of, you know, the sculptor and the painter and the the, the legacy that precedes uh, me, certainly in my time, and that which has been become the example to which to aspire to in terms of greatness. Um, so, yeah, I think that for me, the visual art, the, you know, my album cover, Code Noir, is one of my, my pieces of art that starts with a certain idea, which is can be called a vision also. You know, an idea can be a vision. But the visual aspect of it is that which um, becomes that you render. And sometimes the visual art takes on its own, uh, can almost direct you as to what it should be. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. When I mentioned someone like Salvador Dali, and he was able to bring what he did, it was very unique and very different because he was able to bring something to life. For you, how important is it for you being an artist when you're working on your music, or as you stated before, a craft that you're actually able to bring it to life where you are allowing or sharing that gift with the listening listening audience because you want them actually involved in the process of the music? I don't know if I understand what you mean. Just kind of, can you just kind of, uh, give me a better eye. Sure, I'm no, not what, sure if you're no, asking me. No, what I was saying was is that when you when you develop a concept for a project that you're working on, and then you have a certain vision of it, do you have mm-hmm. the listeners or the audience involved as far as the direction that you want to go <laughs> on that particular no. project? Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. No, I don't. Um, if I were if I were to do that, I could sometimes lose sight of what my musical inspiration is. You kind of hope that the listener will, will just get where you're coming from. But you but you I'm not thinking, oh, if I sing this this way, will the listener like this more or if I uh it's more of a um of of following what seems to be the truth in the sound, the truth in the meaning, the truth in your your um execution of a musical idea, you know, so you kind of stay true to the feeling Um, and that everybody, the human condition is such that I would like to believe that when you hear the truth, you know it, even if it's unsettling, you know, some people don't, I mean, the truth can sometimes really be the last thing you really want to deal with in the situation, but it's never not going to be real. So um, when you're hearing um, a, a song sung or uh, instrumentalist soloing or drummer drumming in a solid groove, those things have to do with knowing and understanding that to be so, that to be a real thing. So I try to go with 
the feeling of knowing that something feels right. And if it feels right to me, it's going to definitely feel right to somebody else. Absolutely. <laughs> what has you most proud of this new project that, com- that completely separates it from your last project, Soul to Soul? I love the uh, the uh, there's so many things that that made for this project to happen when it did. I spent uh, a little over a year working on these compositions, um, and I mean really working on them, like reworking them, you know, trying um, uh, trying different keys uh, keys, trying different rhythmic concepts looking at different ways to um, express the lyric, rewriting the lyric and rewriting the lyric and listening to it and re-recording and re-singing it before I got down to what I realized. Sometimes you can, you do that process and you end up back where you started because where you started is really the best representation of your idea. But it took a long, long series of trial and error uh, and of course, I did the whole thing myself initially. So I laid out all the, the the guitar parts, and laid out all the piano parts, and the bass and the drums, and decided that I wanted to keep that kind of a record. I didn't want to introduce saxophone or trumpet. I didn't want to go that route. I wanted to keep it a very kind of a nucleus, you know, rhythm section kind of a project. So that was a good thing to focus on. What I'm most proud of is that I was able to um, find uh, the truth and the song and the, the performance myself and, and translate it to Kendrick Scott on drums and translate it to Ben Williams on bass, to Jeff Parker on guitar, and to Patrice. So by the time they got hold of my ideas that I handed them complete, it was their turn now to bring their voices into the project and they walked into the studio and understood exactly what it was I had in mind and we all trusted each other that when it came down to the count off that it was going to come off that page and come out of our hearts and you know end up on the you know <laughs> you know on the recorder and so we a lot of the things you're hearing project were, we didn't do a lot of takes. You know, there was we, we did not do more than three takes on any of these tunes. There might have been four takes on something, but it wasn't on every tune. A lot of them were one take. A lot of those tunes are. Um, there was some where there was one, I think, Afterglow, where we did several takes. And um, I think what happened was, I think I initially conceived it as some kind of a fast samba and we ended up in the middle of the maybe the second take I had this idea to just try it as a swing tune to just swing like straight up (laughs) out of the box swinging it so and that was like we had that sucker in one take you know but that's the kind of uh, experience that makes for um, walking away knowing but you can't deny it. You, can, you know, everyone hears themselves and sees themselves as a contributor to the overall result. And this is a, a project that just stands on its own, really. It's, um, this represents my experience as a woman of color 
born and raised in America, having traveled the world, having been exposed to all kinds of languages and styles of music as a result of my travels, as a result of my studies, uh, and, and which includes teaching, you know, because when one teaches, one should be learning, certainly, um, learning how to better express their own ideas and how to be a better listener and listen to other people's ideas. So all of that is, is in this record, my my experience of observation, my you know, the books I've read, the stories I've been told, and um, the things I've seen with my own eyes, some beautiful, some horrific. But I wanted um, to express that in a way that was of our time and to stay true to my roots and history uh, coming through the blues and gospel, um, R&B, and ultimately being chosen and choosing at the same time to be a jazz artist. And this record represents all that I feel has um, led me to become as expressive as I uh, was able to be on this record and tell you that I know from having been here that there is an experience and a beauty uh, and a contribution made to the world by people of color that will uh, will um, eternally be a part of why uh, life is how we know it. It will always, always be as we know it, and it's because of what African people have shown the world in terms of um, civility, humility, uh, grace, intelligence, creativity, and uh, honest-to-goodness, um, um, all things that I think are that which we all identify and call God. And that's all in our music. And I try to tap into that, and which with every opportunity given to bring music forth to the listener. And that's where I'm trying to tap into our spirituality and the essence of knowing that we have a wealth uh, and beauty in our history that has manifested throughout creation and will continue to do so. Being an educator, um, because we're definitely going to get into some music, but I'm just, I love speaking with you, conversing with you about so many different topics, but I have to ask, being an educator and seeing the things that are transpiring with, I'm I'm focusing on the African-American community, the things that have been taken out of the schools, music education, the lack there of knowing about one's culture, ancestry, how detrimental has that been for our young people in today's society? Well, I don't know how much of that is by design. Uh, it's a way to maybe, you know, kind of slow down the advancement of people of color by attracting okay. certain things. I don't know if this is, if it's a greater um, sense of 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 our threat to um, a domination over a culture. So maybe if we if are you hello? Oh, I'm here. Hello, I'm coming in. Oh, okay. I'm here. So, I'm here. so there's a. So I think that um, that perhaps we replace those. Um, you know, it's all. It all comes down to the board of education. It all comes down to the, the supervisors that are part. Pardon me for that phone call. It'll just. Oh no spray. problem. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, we took care of it. Um, I don't know the answer to that. I just know that that where we're funding where the interest lies, you know, being you know, the teacher has to know in order for the student to know. The Absolutely. rewriting of books, the retelling of stories to to extract the truth. How many how many of us really know the contributions of black people in in uh in modern day, you know, the inventions, the, the, the things that are in our daily lives that we don't even know are a result of people of color, even the shoes on our feet, you know. Um, there are many, many aspects of our daily lives where the contributions to that, which we can now take for granted, are the result of people of color uh, providing these um, ways of making life simpler and more meaningful. Um and fulfilling for young people to dismiss the value of this is not their fault really it's the fault of those who of us who have been given the responsibility to teach and to inform in a way that is factual and not from um from some place of um of trying to distract the the young learning child um in their educational process by giving them other things that become or made to feel where the value really lies. Um, the education, you know, I think that people forget that music in and of itself, the language of music, the theory of music is in fact a science. It's in fact a science. And we know that in science, when you learn the laws of nature, they don't really change. And very much so in music, there are a lot of things that have to do with physics, mathematics, science, and uh, many other aspects. And just this one particular genre of, of the arts, the creative arts, that have to do with so many of the others. So when you take away the music, you kind of reduce the, the chance for the child to understand the connection and the correlation between those things, which physical laws. Scientific, uh, scientific facts and and the spiritual and how they're all interrelated. So when you take music out, it's much harder for the child to really grasp the math and grasp the science. But when you put them all in the same curriculum, they all uh, offset the other, and the child becomes um, a learned entity as a result of the collective and not the... the um, the dissemination being restricted by certain uh, patterns of information that we want to believe are going to make that child more of an active member of society, successful member of society. So I think that it's a, we have to rethink the reason for removing the physical education and removing the music from our uh, public school curriculum. And we really should rethink it and and go back in and really fully analyze the the benefits of including these other forms uh, of study into the collective body of instruction that we're providing our children. Absolutely. My goodness. Well, family, without further ado, let's get into some uh, very therapeutic music from the incredible Ms. Carmen Lundy. From her new album, and I hope that Daily Berry is pronouncing this correctly, Code Noir. Am I right on that? <laughs> it, it, 
noir, it, you don't say noir like O-I-R. It's really okay. the, okay, that is a French term, code okay. noir. And noir is French for black. It means black. Code means noir black. is the black code that was the first law uh, written by a human being who happened to be the king of France at the time of this law where he exacted upon us the horrors that we still live to this very day by writing a code of conduct as to the way we should be treated and to separate us from the European society, to separate the African people from the European society legally. And, of course, it caught on and um, it found its way to the shores of America and, and it became even more of a horror once it landed here and um, when you pronounce it, think simply of just N-W-A, noir, code noir, which is the black code. Okay, let's I'm try it again. Code noir, is that correct? There you go. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it with another chance, of course, featuring Patrice Russian here in the zone of L-O-T-O Radio. <laughs>
so many people get so much as far as incredible feedback about your music all over the world because I've seen the the comments and the feedback that have been on your Twitter page and it has been resounding as far as the love and the respect that you have been given about this new album. What has it meant to you to know that you have touched so many people with your music? Oh, it's it blows me away. I mean, I I um two days ago I uploaded a video which you you can definitely check out now. This is the perfect example of I'm glad you asked that question. I uploaded a video to YouTube, which is called the Code Noir Session. So it's actually you get to kind of come into the studio with me and watch, and I talk a little bit about um, the you know the project. And so I checked it out, and actually it's a video that was um, the footage was taped by um, Jeff Shaw, and I did all the editing because I really wanted the audience to get a sense of what it was like to be in the studio with us. And um, I looked up, and we had already, I think it said like 1,300 people reached, and already 300-something people had watched it. And, it's you know, it's not it's not short. I mean, it's about six minutes, maybe seven minutes, which uh, for for people on, you know, Facebook, it's kind of a longer stretch. But I was really surprised to see that that many people had already checked out my little story about how I made this record. Um so I think that it's it's just the times we live in, and it just so happens that um, right now we're in a global, what do they call it? I mean, this is a global life that we're all leading now, and we have access to the world in the palm of our hand. I think it has to do with how we use it and how to, to, um, to search uh, in ways that are gratifying to our daily lives. And I'm happy that you guys somehow get steered for a minute or two to what I'm doing. And uh, what finding out what I'm doing, you get to know that Patrice is still out here, you know, killing it. And all yeah, the other people involved in help me, helping me make this project. I mean, Jeff Parker, the guitarist, I mean, this guy is, he's all of, I don't think he might be, I mean, definitely 20 years younger than me. But he's so, so... Um, flexible and facility And when I asked that brother To play the blues At the end of the tune Black and Blues I said you're on your own brother Let everybody know that we, we are the blues And he just slammed into that But he also plays beautifully You know the changes You know getting those Playing around the changes to Afterglow Everybody um, gets to um, experience Not only myself And I'm talking globally in this way, I think what we're doing is keeping people aware that jazz is um, is a high art. We're not, you know, we're not dead. The music isn't dead. You know, a lot of our great people that have, have you know, paved the way for us, they're dead. They're no longer here, but their music and their spirit is very much alive in this music. So, you know, for the audience to step, to, to kind of come in our direction globally is, it's an it's an honor. It's a gift. It's a blessing, and I'm very grateful to um, those people who have helped to shape my direction and to inspire me to do well and to um, stay in it. You know, to stay in the music. I mean, I only my only regret, if there is one, is that for some unexplained reason, the genre of music does not find its way into the popular 
medium of airtime and television. And hopefully uh, this this uh, Facebook and the Twitter and, and all of these things that are born out of the Internet will steer us back to being able to witness this music um, in, a, in a format that I think reaches most people collectively in the most effective way. So I would love to see our music find its way back to primetime TV, and I would like to be a part of that. Well, we're going to do whatever we need to do on our end to make sure that happens. And to all the promoters out here in the Red Cat Jazz Cafe, so many wonderful venues here in Houston would love to have you. We're going to do whatever we need to do to make sure that happens. Okay, come on now. Yes, Lord. Come on now. <laughs> nothing is promised, and nobody lasts forever. Not in this plane, anyway. So y'all better, y'all better start getting serious. <laughs> you know, these bones are not getting any younger. As a matter of fact, nobody's getting any younger when you think about it. Oh so, no. You know, so let's get you. Know, let's start to stay one step ahead of this time game. This time is does not care. <laughs> Absolutely. My queen, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. This is definitely your home. Whatever you need, please do not hesitate to let us know again. Family, remember to purchase the new album. It is available as we speak. And again, all the latest updates, please stop by. you got to get this one. And I'll tell yes, you what, ma'am. you know, if you order through the website and you make a little note, Carmen said she'd sign my CD. I'll sign it for you. But get this one. This is this is my 15th release, and you got to have this one. This one is this one's for you. So it is written. So it shall be done. Okay. Thank yes, you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. You have a good afternoon, okay? okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Incredible. Garmin Lundy, new album, of course, Cold Noir. Yes, Lord. Here in the zone of LOTO Radio. Remember, family, go directly to Carmen's official website. Write her a little note, and you will get an autographed album. You can't beat that. And while we're here, safe and sound, yes, Lord, shaken but never stirred, Carmen Lundy from her incredible album, Code Noir. I got your number. You're in the zone of L.O.T.O. Radio.
But I got your number I got your number I can tell by your advances You've got persuasion on your mind Under the right circumstances I might But I'm not the easy kind I know just what you're after And you can really blow my mind Another right circumstances I might, but I'm not the easy kind. In the cafe, you walk up to my surprise, and you don't even know my name, but I got your number. This is Nathan East hanging with the teddy bear on LOTL Radio, The Zone, debuting my new album.
for doing that. But also, once you join the teddy bear tomorrow, same time, same chocolate city. <laughs> My program director is looking at me. Okay, teddy bear. Tomorrow, we welcome the incredible Miss Rebecca Todd as we have the pleasure of debuting her new album, Crooked Minds. That's at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, of course, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. My goodness. It's been a wonderful week. We're keeping it busy and keeping it moving with soulful music. As I've said, we want our music shaken but never stirred. Lord have mercy. And to get all the latest updates, let your fingers do the walking. Stop by the official website. That's at www.notlthecomfortzone.com. You can also catch up with us on Twitter. It's at Twitter forward slash L-O-T-O radio. Also on Facebook at LOTL, the comfort zone. And last but not least, yeah, we're on Instagram. That's at Instagram.com forward slash LOTL, the comfort zone. And for all those listeners out there, say, well, Teddy Bear, what do I do? You're not on there. Hey, asking you shall receive. While you're at the official website, all you have to do is click on the link, listen live. We got 24 hour nonstop live. Yeah, I did say live. Live streaming music, yeah, like I told you, we want our R&B, we want our music with substance, shaken, but never stirred, Lord have mercy, and it's about that time, but until tomorrow, I want everyone to take care of themselves, have a wonderful, yeah, a fantabulous Wednesday evening, and as in always, keep it soulful, I'm going to close it, of course, with the maestro, Mr. Phil Perry, from his new album, Breathless, with is it you? Yeah, it's always been you. Here in the zone of LOTO Radio. God bless.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.